0: Hello and welcome to Inspire Me Today Radio. I'm your host, Gail Lynn Goodwin. I believe, you know, most of you come back week after week to inspiremetoday.com to listen to these interviews, not only to be inspired, to be empowered, but sometimes to even put a little motivation in your life. Perhaps you have a dream, but you've been too afraid to do something about it. Perhaps you're worried what others will think, or you lack the self-confidence to move forward. If so, you are going to love today's luminary. I invited her to be part of this today because her today's brilliance spoke to a really special part of my heart. She is an author and a speaker who believes that fear is something we should befriend and not something that we should allow to determine our path. And I couldn't agree with her more. Her name is Kate Montana, and I'm so honored to welcome her here today. Kate, thanks for joining us at Inspire Me Today. Kale, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. Well, I love your today's brilliance. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but before we jump there, what I'd really like to hear is share your story with us. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to be where you are in life. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I know. Give us the condensed version, <laughs> if you would.
1: Oh wow! Well, you know, I always. Communication has always been uh, really the arrow and uh, focus of my life. I always wanted to be a writer. I got sidetracked into network television, and I worked. I was actually the first woman engineer ever hired by ABC Sports uh, way wow. back in the 70s. And so I, I worked in television for almost 20 years and then eventually became the journalist that I always wanted to become. But I, in my heart of hearts, I always wanted to write books, and um and the spiritual journey eventually led me to uh working with the uh, filmmakers of what the bleep do we know i'd been in journalism for about 15 years and uh because i had such a I, I had background experience obviously in tv and in radio and in magazines and in newspapers and so i was like well i'll do marketing and one thing led to another and i ended up working with what the
0: bleep How fun. What a great film that is.
1: Well, it was astonishing, Gail, because I'd been on a spiritual journey ever since I was in my mid-30s. And... uh... You know, I'd done everything that society told me that I was supposed to do to be happy, Uh, get a good education, keep my nose clean, um, get a good job, establish a career, get married, all those things. And I did all those things, except it didn't bring great happiness. And so, you know, what was the only other path was the path within And um, so 25 years of meditation later, it was my my real dream to be able to marry what I was learning about science and uh, quantum physics and things like that with mysticism. And so lo and behold, gee, we are manifestors, aren't we? I ended up getting hired by What the Bleep Do We Know to exactly do that and uh, go out into the world and uh, be a spokesperson for the film. I uh, ran their uh, newsletter and their marketing, and it was was quite a wake up call, Gail, I have to say, because I don't know about you, but at a certain point in my spiritual growth I I really began to feel quite isolated. Like, uh how how are we gonna pull this off as a species? Um, right. Oh how, how are we really gonna get us out of the out of the trouble and turmoil we find ourselves in in the confusion and and I was getting kind of depressed about it uh and then what the bleep came along and almost overnight Gail I was opened
0: up to an entire global movement isn't that amazing it was stunning you ask for it on an energetic level and lo and behold it showed up yep well you know, Kate, some people could look at you and they could say she's, you know, an accomplished author, a writer, a TV person, a journalist, et cetera, et cetera. Her life is easy. I, <laughs> have, ca- I have challenges. I have struggle. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit from that standpoint, because I'm guessing you too have, you know, been kicked in the face more than once. And so share with our listeners, if you would, how has adversity strengthened you? for you personally to reach the success you have, and how do you overcome it when it rears its ugly head now?
1: You know, I think one of the key things is
0: is to redefine what you mean by success.
1: Um, you know, as I said, that first 30-odd years of my life was bent on Uh, attaining success in the way that society prints it out into our brains and consciousness and so success to me has been following where my heart leads and that has led me into and out of relationships it's led me into careers and out of careers it's led me to you know, at one point isolating myself and going and living in the middle of, and I mean nowhere, in the middle of the North Georgia mountains in a tiny little hundred-year-old one-room cabin in the woods on a on a waterfall. No indoor plumbing, no indoor electricity, no telephone, no heat. And I lived there for three years, going within and, and trying to figure out what the hell life was all about. And that was not an easy journey, but You know, when you follow your heart, that's what I've learned is is the most important thing. And that, yeah, I I think one of the confusing things about spirituality, especially New Age spirituality, is I've noticed there's this intense um, focus on being happy. And being fulfilled, and, and everything's got to be positive and light filled all the time. And that's just not how life works. Um, life is a matter of, uh, it's, it's a dual structure. This material world is built on, built on, you know, from less than a second after the Big Bang, we had positive and negative polarity because that's the foundation of life itself. And so to stop, I think one of the keys for me has been to stop struggling when. Every Everything goes down the tubes, and just go and go with it, and and it's really really scary to to do that, but um, life. If I, this is what I'm discovering, and I can't say I've discovered it. I'm still working at it, and it's not always easy because it is scary to go with wherever life leads you, but it's where I left off in my, in my last book, Unearthing Venus. It was just like I had to learn to trust life, which is a very feminine, surrendering place. And having been raised in a very masculine, very um, doing uh, aggressively competitive goal oriented society, which is wonderful, but it's a very highly masculine and therefore only a one sided way to live our lives in our society today. And so to go into this more surrendered um, place of allowing life to lead and what shows up instead of going, ooh, that isn't what I wanted, or ooh, that's not what it <laughs> looked like, or ooh, that's not my picture. To go, wow, well, okay, well, what is life showing me right now? What is the fundamental frequency that this is resonating to to me that I have brought this into my life and. So- Yeah, and so rather than rejecting and running away and always trying to feel good about things, it's just like I take the good and the bad as best I can. It's a work in progress. Um, And uh, try to go with it.
0: So in other words, no matter what happens, you look at it and say, okay, somewhere in here there is blessing. Let's find it. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because, ra- I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, I think it's our name, it's, yeah, I know it is, but darn, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because exactly. I think most of the times we, because we're humans, um, <laughs> why did this happen to me? You know, and we try to go to those kind of places rather than, okay, what if this really is for my good, for my highest good on a deeper level, like, even if I don't understand it in the moment?
1: Yep. Well, you know, and I think one of the things we have a tendency to lose track of is that life is very much an evolution. We are all works in progress. Life is a work in progress. Uh, this planet is a work in progress. Our species is a work in progress. And, you know, and as such, falling on our faces is just—it's just part of the—it's part of the program.
0: So falling isn't so important. It's whether or not we get back up.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and recently I'm 62 and it's only been in the last couple of years that I've, I've looked at some really pretty scary places, um, uh, losing a lot of money, um, ending up um, out of a relationship, um, my whole business crashed, um, you know, some very, very dark places that I'd always been really most frightened of kept, it, it kept showing back up all the fears, you know, you know, what is the most I suppose one of the most scary things for any human being is to be out of the tribe rejected, you know, that, that homeless place out under a bridge someplace. Sure. And then finally, instead of being, and and because we're so material and we're, I mean, we live in a money-based very harsh reality that keeps focusing, focusing in that direction so that we have to do this, this really base level survival struggle thing. Sometimes it's just like, I finally got tired of running away from it, Gail. And I just turned around and went, okay. So what if it all fell apart? My whole life It's like so what? Okay, what if I was under a bridge? What would I do? That was my most scary place. And as an older woman, you know, with no longer the beauty and the body to trade, you know, all of the you know the 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 resume that that has 62 on it, all of those things showing up as this huge fear monster. And it was just like, and I finally went. I just turned around and looked at it. And went, oh. Oh, okay, I would do the best I can. Have I always survived? Has everything always worked out? Yes, it has. Well, why would it change now when I'm greater, more solid, more myself, and in a deeper sense of grace with myself than ever before? These are genetic fears. These are soul-based fears, old lifetime fears that, you know, if I don't embrace them, then they're going to continue to dog my steps because... I think all these emotions these dark places in us it's it's where the the whole christian ethos of the light where the new age right. focus on all things light and beautiful has taken us is like we don't want to go into the dark places because those are really really scary and we've been trained not to want to go there but you know gosh that's the that's the stuff in the closet where you know jesus always said go into your closet and be one with be one with yourself be one with life be one with with God and source and that includes going into the
0: dark but that's a scary thing you know one of the things that really made me want to talk to you was the quote that you gave us for inspire me today and I'm going to read this and then I want you to talk about it you said embrace fear make friends with it pay attention listen to it but don't let it choose the path for you ever Mm -hmm. and I love that because how many times I mean if we So many people are stuck in dead-end jobs or in relationships or living where they don't want to live or whatever. They're not happy in life. Mm -hmm. But whether it's golden handcuffs or whether it's sheer fear or terror, they Mm -hmm. stay where they are because of fear. Absolutely. And it does choose the path you know, out of, out of default because, oh, it's just easier to, to do this or to do that. And I really commend you, Kate, for having the courage, not only to take the path that you've taken, but the honesty and the vulnerability that you've shown up with today to share from your heart on such a deep level is really meaningful. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You know, and I, I, when, I, when I wrote that about don't let fear choose your path ever, I, I almost had to go back and I wanted to amend that because I think, in a, I think we all let fear dictate for a while and it's okay. It, we do what we do and, to, and I think the bigger, even bigger than that, Gail, is to accept ourselves no matter where we put ourselves. But to be honest about what we're doing, if I choose a golden manacles of a dead end job or a job I don't like or a relationship that's incredibly painful because of the security, if I can at least consciously acknowledge that that's what I'm doing, then I think that's kind of the doorway out because rather than getting down on myself about making a choice to let fear lead me and, and then feeling worse about myself. If I just have the grace and go, okay, I'm human. I'm, I'm vulnerable. Yes. I'm vulnerable to this, this particular fear. And right now I'm choosing to let da, 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 X, Y, Z happen as a result of that. But then I'm conscious and I'm responsible. And at that point, I think you know when I was talking earlier about evolution, you know we are on it. That is the movement of life is always upwards and onwards, if we will let it. And I think just putting out the intention of getting out of a place of fear and where and the situations that 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 fear brings to us, the relationships, the dead end jobs, whatever disheartens us and disempowers us i think just finally acknowledging yes i've made this choice and i choose to have a different path open up
0: right well kate you mentioned embrace it what does that mean to you
1: it means feel it whatever you know fear is just fear (laughs) um and and it looks like a big woolly monster and but When you you turn around to just feel it, you can only fear, you can only feel abject terror for so long, and it finally just gives way. And you're left with this kind of residual feeling of peace going, oh, was that okay? Okay, now what? Okay, now what? Next, I'm still here, I'm still breathing. Um, I still get to take the dog for a walk in half an hour, you know, whatever, right. You're still here. And, um, and then you've got greater choice. You're not running, you know, we cannot live, we cannot thrive if we're always running away, trying to block away all the things that are hurtful and frightening. And the more we try to push them away from ourselves, the more hurtful and the more frightening
0: they become. So true. So true. It's so difficult, though, sometimes, or it seems so difficult to remember this when you're in that moment. Oh, absolutely. So how do you, (laughs) do you have specific steps or practices or things that you do each and every day, Kate, as part of your personal regular routine that kind of keep you on track? The reason I'm asking is if you were to share a practice or two, perhaps it might help someone else also stay on track.
1: Absolutely. You know, cultivating mindfulness is what every um meditation practice is is geared towards. And yeah, you know, for thirty five years I've meditated anywhere from an hour to five hours a day. So I've I've got a lot of meditation wow. on my belt. Yeah, and and I have to say at this point in my life, I really don't I rarely meditate because life is its own meditation moment to moment. And so I I, I th- You know, even if it's just five minutes a day to place yourself consciously in that mindful spot of just going within and being with yourself no matter where you are and and just accepting where you are and watching your breath and watching your emotions and feeling what comes up. I, I have to say, Gail, right now, if I had to say I have a spiritual practice, I would say it is every time something shows up, whatever the emotion is, whether it's grace, whether it's joy or whether it's fear or jealousy or whatever it is, I don't turn away from it. I feel it utterly. I move into it. And the more resistance there is to it, the more determinedly I move into it. And then I just open up to feel it. And when I feel it, sometimes, and this is, and this is how we expose and release old negative emotional programs that are locked into our subconscious, is that they will stay there until they are expressed until they are seen, felt, and heard. So if I've got anxiety about something, then I'll just feel it. And sometimes there'll be a voice to it that says, oh, well, you, you know, you're, you're always going to fail. Or, you know, and it's some teacher who, or some friend or something my mother said when I was four years old, God, you know, right. we all have these things. But if those voices and the feelings and whatever the visuals are, if we can conjure them, just let them happen. Those old wounds, they open up and they bleed out these emotions that have been trapped in there for 5, 10, 15, 50 years, and then they don't own us anymore. So if I had to say one spiritual practice I have it's being really, really open to feeling every emotion that comes up, not pushing anything away, not judging anything, Feeling them, letting them have what they have to say to me, feeling it, and then they go away. You know, and it may be something that you, you know, everybody wants to live without fear or anger or whatever. Sure. Those negative things we're not supposed to have, but they're in all of us, and I think we make them much bigger than they're supposed to be. the The more we judge them, and so, so what if if I address fear and it comes back? Well, fear is in us genetically. It's part of our program to ensure our survival as human beings. And, you know, it's,
0: and, it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of funny when I look at this, you know, you think that, all right, if I were really a successful person, then I wouldn't <laughs> have this fear or I wouldn't right. feel this way. Right. But yet we have light every day. We have darkness every day. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. The sun yes. comes up, the sun comes down. Yeah. And every time I get confused or that I feel like I'm searching for an answer, I always go to nature
1: every oh, yeah. time.
0: Mm-hmm. and the fact that there's light and dark every day there helps go. me understand, oh, okay. So it's not the fact that I'm feeling whatever it is that I'm feeling that might be icky. Mm-hmm. It's more so the realization that I'm feeling it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have been trained. We've been assiduously trained, especially in, through the New Age movement, to only embrace the light. And that is a deeply... Uh, damaging position to put ourselves in because then we truncate ourselves then we're judging half of we're judging the
0: darkness oh we're we're, we're bad when we feel that way
1: Mm -hmm. exactly which only exacerbates it exactly
0: well (laughs) do you talk about a lot of this in your new book kate i mean tell tell us a little bit about unearthing venus my search for the woman within when I
1: was 58 years old, I was talking, interviewing a shaman in the Shuar tribe in the Amazon, and we got to talking about gender. And in our conversation, he expressed how his tribe, that they understood what men are and what women are and the qualitative aspects of the feminine and the qualitative aspects of the masculine. And I was a, I was fascinated, Gail. And he talked about how they worked together as men and women, working to their strengths, understanding their weaknesses as masculine and feminine, and how the whole tribe was structured around that dynamic. And I was like... You know, In their tribe, same equality was not built on sameness. It was built on an equal valuing of what the masculine brought to the table, such as left-brain functioning, intellectual functioning, goal orientation, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. What the feminine brought to the table, the more gestalt, intuitive, empathic, compassionate sense. And they worked together as, as, as whole beings, recognizing these attributes of masculine and feminine, which are really archetypal patterns of life life. And so he, that one conversation with the shaman put me on an entire quest for 12 years to discover what the feminine nature really is and how to bring and evoke the feminine values into a society that's very, very lopsided at this moment um, with a total stressor on uh, the more masculine, linear, aggressive, goal-oriented ways to live, which is, you know, it's kind of like if you got a four-cylinder car, we've been running on two cylinders as a whole sure. culture. So it's about balancing those things out, evoking the feminine, understanding what it is, and um, making room for it in our lives on an equal basis with all the things we've been taught to how to work with the masculine side.
0: I can't wait to read the book. I can't wait to send it to you. You know, it's kind of funny. I also had a monumental, pivotal moment in my life with a shaman Mm -hmm. on the shores of the Amazon. Oh, really? Yeah, so we'll we'll have to, I couldn't, it was my 40th birthday, and it's what, Uh uh, almost 16 years ago, so I can't tell you where it was. I was with a group from uh, Wilcatica out of Yorubamba, just outside of Cusco. Yeah, Yeah. and we flew over and went somewhere in the Amazon with a, it was a group of us. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I I can picture the lodge, I'm being generous in calling a lodge a thatched hut. (laughs) Uh You know what I mean. The tarantulas, the whole works. Uh, But it was one of those moments that changed my life. But that's a story for another time, Kate, for when when you and I get together in person. How's that? I would
1: love that. I would love
0: that. It's a very feminine and very nurturing. And yeah,
1: South America, I lived down there for a couple of years. And it was a totally different qualitative experience moving into a more matriarchal, not that, you know, the Latin, not that there isn't, you know, not that it's a perfect society, Uh but it it was very appreciative of the feminine qualities. And the shamans, when they worked with ayahuasca and other plant medicine substances were all about evoking this understanding about our true nature our full nature as human beings and not leaving anything out on the doorstep
0: how fun has this been so far wow amazing this, this is this is good good stuff kate i will actually go back and listen to this one again and i'm sure we will have you back another time to go even deeper on this i, would I love am i am very grateful for you for taking the time to share, again, not only the insights that you shared with our listeners, but the depth that you're willing to go and the vulnerability and the honesty that you're willing to share. Because I think in today's world, so many times we brush that off of, I'm not supposed to have these feelings. Right. And it's nice to know that, wow, that's okay. It's not only okay, it's healthy. Yes, we all have
1: these feelings. And I think part of embracing all of these, these feelings that we call negative as well as the positive, I think once we get off our backs about it and stop separating it out and judging it, and all of a sudden we become more compassionate with ourselves and we become, become hmm. more compassionate with everybody because we're all the same, Gail. Funny we how that works, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. And it's like, how old do we have to be till we actually figure this out? Because it's <laughs> not that tough. We make it tough, but it's not that difficult.
1: But we don't live in a society that um, favors a softer, more vulnerable approach to living. True. We live in a very masculine-oriented society. It's not bad and wrong. It's just one-sided. Exactly. And so to encourage the place of vulnerability and to open up to those things, that's when you know nobody... We wonder why we don't have universal peace yet. It's because you can't have universal peace if you're still battling and seeing things as bad and wrong in yourself at any level. And you've still got your guard up to look bright and light and happy and how you think you're supposed to. Once you let down that guard and open up to all of it, warts and all, then it's just (laughs) like, oh my God, then there's no armor against yourself or anybody else. And then we do realize we're all in this boat as one.
0: And what a beautiful, sweet place that is to be. Totally. Excellent. Well, Kate, in closing, if you were to summarize your greatest wisdom, which is pretty much what you did in your stellar Today's Brilliance that you wrote, what have you learned that you'd want to pass on to others right here, right now? (laughs) You know that everything's okay.
1: It seems so simple, and it is. Everything is okay. Life, Life can be trusted. And I think the more we relax into what shows up, um, everything in us and outside of us—that if we can learn to dance with it uh, instead of be frightened and, ha- and do the yeah do the two-step a bit with ourselves—that um, everything
0: changes. God and get off our backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you look at who beats us up the most, it's usually oh, ourselves.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, forget this perfection picture.
0: Forget it. Perfection is
1: it's it's something we've cooked up out of our imagination because we are already perfect just as we are warts and all and so is life and if
0: we can get that man the rest of it's clean sailing no kidding wow <laughs> you're you're giving me goosebumps and making me smile at the same time so this is when <laughs> i know it's true and it's powerful so thank you kate you thank know you. one of the other questions my last question for you I have had the opportunity to ask this to hundreds of luminaries, my youngest being six and the eldest being 104. Wow. So here's the question. If you had just one more thing that you could accomplish or experience in your lifetime, what would it be? Absolutely nothing. It's all
1: yeah. It, the next breath. I love it. Uh, the next breath is enough, Gail. The next breath contains it all, and then the next breath and the next. They're all the same. They're all uniquely different, and they're all enough.
0: Wow. That takes us to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> when
1: I discovered that, that there wasn't anything I could do, but all I needed to do was be, it took the striving out of everything, especially spiritual striving,
0: I wonder why we're called human beings as opposed <laughs> to human doings. Yes, really. <laughs> because very seldom do we be, but often yeah. do we do. Mm-hmm. And then there's the old Frank Sinatra
1: "Dooby dooby doo.
0: Okay, well, with that, I'm not sure how we could top that for this interview, Kate. <laughs> what a pleasure it's been to have you here today. Seriously, this is one that I will go back and listen to again, especially the middle part where you went very deep with the vulnerability of what it's like to live life. And yep. to I think that that information that you shared will definitely help people realize that they're not alone, that they really are magnificent even when they don't feel like it. And that's a pretty profound thing for us all to remember each and every day that we are not our problems. We are not what's going wrong in the world. We are not what's going wrong in our lives. <sighs> Take that deep breath and just be.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yay. I love it. Kate, thank you again for sharing your your love and your heart with all of our listeners today. Again, this amazing woman, her name is Kate Montana and that's Kate with a C. So come on back to Inspire Me today. You can find out more about Kate by going to the search box, put in her name, Kate Montana, and there you'll find her written inspiration that you are going to love because it seriously rocks. This is one to print out and put on your refrigerator that you see it every single day. It's that powerful, that strong, and that good of a reminder of what matters and what doesn't. So check out Her Today's Brilliance. We'll also put a link there that you can purchase her book which again is called Unearthing Venus, My Search for the Woman Within. And I cannot wait to read it. Kate, thank you for joining us today at inspiremetoday.com. Thank you, Gail. It's been wonderful. You are most welcome. And to our listeners, thank you for spending part of your day with us. Come on back again next week. We'll bring you an interview. We'll bring you inspiration from another incredible luminary. And until then, remember, it's only when you have the courage to step off the ledge that you'll realize you've had wings all along. We're here for you. We love you. We'll see you again tomorrow. And thanks again for stopping by.